Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. This is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and I just want to thank you for spending your time with me here today. If you're new to Recover Your Soul, welcome, welcome to this amazing special community. We're here doing our work for ourselves to have a happier life. And if you are coming back again, thank you for continuing to choose to spend your time with me. I know how valuable your time is. So if you listened to episodes in October that aired in October, you heard my lead in, which said that I was on a working vacation in Mexico. From October 4th to the 20th, I went to Sayulita, Mexico with my husband and my mom. And I had this idea that it was going to be a mostly working vacation that I would figure out this dream that I have of being able to work from anywhere, this ability to do recover your soul from anywhere to work with clients to work on the podcast to work on writing. And I had this expectation. This episode is about expectations. I had this expectation in my mind about what it would be like, what the house would be like, what the energy would be like, what would be happening. And I still have a dream of being able to have more flexibility. But I want to talk in this episode about how interesting it is, this thing that we do that has expectations and how it can either throw us off track and put us kind of in a tailspin of disappointment, disillusionment, frustration, irritation, 
Or it can give us this opportunity to really look at our lives and look at who we are and look at the people around us and look at the situation and have acceptance and have that part of soul recovery where we're turning the attention to ourselves. We're working on what is it in how my mind works, how I choose to see things, how I choose to interact with people with circumstances, with the situation that is the best for me, for the health of me. So this all came about because I have been visioning for years and years and years now, this idea of spending a good part of the winter, at least a couple months, maybe in the winter, someplace where it's warmer, preferably by the beach, preferably somewhere where Rich can surf and I can, I can work. And it comes from how much I love the ocean and my favorite places that I've been that I feel so blessed and lucky to have been able to explore were Hawaii. That was amazing. And also we got to do a really extraordinary trip to house sit for somebody in the tip of Baja. And he lived in a beach house overlooking the ocean. So that will come into play as well. And we've gone to California and generally in October, we go do this trip where we meet up with some friends and do a camping trip above Santa Barbara and with them and my kids have come and we have friends and we're usually there for about five or seven days of camping. I love being by the water and I love being by the beach and allowing Rich to be someplace where he can surf really fills him up. And I love Colorado, but I'm not a huge fan of winter. After 52 years of winters my whole life, there's some part of me that likes the idea of getting away from the cold. Okay, so that's kind of the back history of it. And so I think when we had the situation, October was coming up and we had booked our camping reservations to go on our annual camping trip with our friends north of Santa Barbara. And then circumstances happened in our lives. And usually when we do that trip, we go in Rich's truck, we pull this vintage camper that we've had for the last three or four times that we've gone. And he modified what would go on the back of a pickup truck onto a trailer. And so we pull this vintage camper and the truck and I get in the car. And the first time that I ever went, it was really Rich's trip that he'd been going on for years I didn't realize how beautiful it was. And these were back in the days when it was harder with us and we weren't doing as well. So I was mostly just happy that he was leaving and would leave me alone for a week or two rather than realizing what I was missing out on because it was this beautiful location right there at the beach with incredible people. So when I went for the first time on that trip with him, I just got in the truck and I just surrendered. I just surrendered whatever was happening. I was going on Rich's trip and I just completely let go of my control issues, my desire for it to be the way that I think that it should be. And that turned out to be a good way to do this trip that in general, I just get in the truck and I just do and go and allow Rich to be the lead and do my pieces of organization and food and making sure that we have everything that we need. But really, I just kind of relax. And there hasn't been any working at all because we're on the road where there's no internet or we're at this camping place where, again, there's no internet. So I've never even contemplated working. So this year when we're 
planning on doing this trip, a couple things happened. One was the trailer, our little camper died, that in the mix of Rich trying to fix it and trying to get it up onto the pickup truck so that he could do some modifications on the trailer and beef up the, I think it was the axle or something that needed to get beefed up. It fell and tipped and literally splintered into a million pieces on the street. So it was a 1958 camper. And so it clearly was old. And that was really devastating because this was our little cute vintage camper. The other thing that happened, as you know, is that Rich had an accident in April and cut off the tip of his right middle finger. And so as we were getting ready to go on this trip, we were really in a place where looking at what were we going to do if we didn't have the camper? This particular campsite on the beach can be really windy and blustery. And so every year that we go, I think how lucky we are that we have this little camper so that when the wind is blowing and howling and the and the sand is coming, that we have this little oasis place to be. And without that, it was going to be harder. And at my age, the idea of tent camping and then driving, and then what are we going to bring, and then we're going to rent a camper, and all of that's expensive, and we don't really have that budget. So at one point, Rich said, well, what if we didn't do the camping trip? What if we went to Hawaii? What if we saw if there was one of those reduced packages to do Waikiki, to do a flight in a hotel in Hawaii? And so I looked that up. And Then I said, you know, we've been talking about doing some Mexico trips or seeing if we wanted to vacation more in Mexico for the same price as it would cost us to have driven to this camping trip in California. We could either do a week in Waikiki in a package deal, or we could go to Mexico for two weeks because it's a little bit less expensive to go to Mexico. And of course, we picked Mexico for two weeks. And then I told my mom that we were going and she asked if she could come too. And of course, we're going to say yes, that she can come. She just lost her house in the fire and she needs a vacation too. And so she found a really great VBRO on a website and we decided to do Sayulita, which is north of Puerto Vallarta because it has um, surfing and the water's warm and So we picked this October time, which was what we had spaced out in our lives, basically because that's what we normally do to go to California. Looking back now, there's a lot of different choices that I would have made because it was really hot there still in October. But it's less expensive to go in October too, right? I mean, we're both self-employed. We don't have a whole bunch of extra money to be doing trips. And so this is a big push for us and a big stretch for us anyway. So what's interesting to me, having all of that back up, is in my mind, I'm still holding this vision, this ideal of being able to practice this traveling and being anywhere and being able to do soul recovery. My vision continues to be that this community continues to grow and expand and soul recovery meets more and more people and we're all working together for our healing and our wholeness and that 
I can be able to travel and meet up with you in the places where you're at to be doing workshops all across the country, to be able to be more flexible in where I am and working. And so this was my test to see whether that's really true. And this idea of being able to be anywhere else and work and being somewhere warm in the winter. So I've never been to Sayulita. The truth is, I've only been to Mexico a handful of times. One was my honeymoon 28 years ago. We went to a surf place. Um, can't even remember what it was called, but a little town. And I remember feeling really uncomfortable and trying to make the most of it, but really being a fish out of water and that. Then I went to Cancun with my girlfriends to an all-inclusive resort um, maybe five or six years ago. And then this really extraordinary opportunity to go and house sit for somebody on the tip of Mexico in this really gorgeous, huge, fancy home that was right on the beach and had every luxury that you can ever imagine. And so my ideal of what Mexico is is really based on what you see on TV, what the commercials are, what the really good pictures are. And I still allow myself and and hold myself in that place that is okay with my naivety, that part of me still has that childhood piece of just believing what I see. So you see the pictures and you see what's in the magazines and and I hold on to that and that's that's okay. So I'm looking at the pictures that I've see of where we're going and I set up in my mind this ideal situation. This has a in the pictures of where we're going to stay has this cute little covered patio in the back with this lush greenery. And so I have this vision of sitting there and writing and exploring the courses that I want to make for you and having some ideas about what the book that I want to write and just having some real time for relaxation and reflection to be working with clients still, maybe even record some podcasts if I'm feeling so moved to do so. I had preloaded everything to run while I was gone, thank goodness. And I have this other vision that is based on no experience or expertise whatsoever, that it's going to be much less expensive, like super cheap. And that might be based on when Rich and I went to do that house sitting and they had somebody who picked us up to the airport and back and introduced us to the quality Mexican restaurants in that area that had fish tacos or really great carnitas or whatever it was that were local. And it was pretty inexpensive. So I have it in my mind that we're going to go do this inexpensive, relaxing, ideal, quiet vacation. That's not what I walked into right away. Our first travel day was tiring. We get there to rent the car. I didn't do enough research on the car rental place that we picked. Don't do a Mexican car rental place if you ever are traveling without reading the Google reviews of that particular location on their local Google review. That is just one of my suggestions. And we ended up having to pay an additional almost $500 to rent this car, which was pretty shocking right off the bat and took us almost, gosh, 
close to two hours at the car rental place with feeling like we are being pressured and were we being scammed and just all these feelings and you're in this new place. And we finally get the car and we're nervous, we're exhausted. We pull away. Rich does some traffic violation. We get pulled over by the police in Mexico. (laughs) Already my blood pressure is rising and I can feel that part of me that doesn't like to be out of control starting to get really uncomfortable. And then eventually we get to where we're going and it's totally different. We meet some of our friends that are down there who um, live in Bucerias, which is a town in between Puerto Vallarta and Sayulita. And they take us down onto the beach to eat. And it is expensive. I think our plates were each with the conversion, 12 to $15 a piece. And that was not at all what I was expecting. Mm -hmm. And so immediately I got put into that part of me that is old patterns, old control patterns, old frustrations, old irritations. And then we get to our place and open up the back and it's hot. First of all, walk in, it's like a bazillion degrees in there. It's cute and really beautiful, but there's no air conditioning and there's just the fans. And then we walk out onto the back patio And they are building a condo unit right behind our place. And the music is blaring and the people are loud. It's construction sounds. And I thought, what am I doing? What are we doing here? What was I thinking? And it's so interesting how on that first day after we had arrived, so we arrived on a Tuesday, so Wednesday morning, Rich had gone off to surf in the morning and my mom and I are sitting on that back patio and the music is so loud and it is so hot and I'm bummed and I'm thinking, how am I going to work here? We didn't bring enough money. This isn't what I was thinking it was going to be. I had a whole other thing in my head. And then I thought about how you hear people that like go on a trip and all they talk about is how they're bummed out about how it wasn't all that great and it wasn't what they wanted. And I think, couldn't you just accept it for what it was? Couldn't you just see it for what it was? Or you see people who just can't lean into it and have a good time. And I was like, I'm being that person. This is not what I was expecting, but what was I expecting and what was I basing that on? And I watched my internal self recognize those parts of me that make up the stories of what is my ideal and what I wanted and how I had visualized an expectation. And the expectation was based on complete fantasy, this complete fantasy of the ideal pictures or the ideal way of things. I had to recognize that that's on me. I immediately had this awareness that those expectations are going to hurt me and my trip and my experience that I could continue down this road of what is this going to be like, or I can be kind to myself and have compassion for myself and say, wow, Rach, you really led yourself into a situation that was based on 
nothing real. You hadn't talked to a single person who'd ever been to Sayulita. You hadn't investigated more deeply on things. You just had been that part of me that I do love, my naive self, and then was being hurt by it. And I had a huge amount of release on that day by just going into meditation, starting to allow my system to decompress a little bit, just to recognize and look at those aspects of myself, to look at the beauty of where we were sitting in the beautiful backyard, to look at what's really happening in that town that all those people and the tourists and the bars and the construction, there's music everywhere, no matter where you go. There's live music that shows up at restaurants. I just can't even tell you how funny it is that there's just so much loud music all the time. And I had a shift in perception, right? That's the miracle. That's the soul recovery work. That's that part of us that can either hold on tightly to that expectation and say, I didn't have clarity on what my intention or what my preference was. I had an expectation. And expectations want a specific outcome. Expectations come from that control issue place that we have. They come from that place where I want it to be like this, and this is what's going to make me comfortable. And then I thought to myself, Rachel, you've been sitting in your little world, in your little bubble, which is so lucky. And I can either decide that I'm going to encapsulate myself into this bubble and protect myself from anything uncomfortable, or I can start to experience things outside of my comfort zone and practice my soul recovery in all areas of my life and find my center and be okay no matter what. That's my teaching. And for me, I have to experience it for the healing for myself before I can even begin to talk about it with you. And so I had that moment where you just thought, wow, what a great opportunity to explore these parts of my mind and what they're thinking and what they're feeling. And how can I open and relax into my discomfort, relax into the unknown, and be curious about the situation, be curious about the environment. So it was a bazillion degrees. It was so hot and humid, and I wasn't expecting that at all. So if I was to do it again, I'd realize you don't go in October. You go in the winter months. That's why it's busy. That's why it's the high season, November through April, because it's not humid there then. It's much warmer, but not cold, but not hot. There's a reason why it is the way that it is. We learn to love the ceiling fans. I was so grateful for the air conditioners that were in our bedrooms that they said that you could use at night and close the door and turn on the air conditioner and have a nice cool room to sleep in. And I very quickly just settled into what was and a gratitude for what was and compassion for myself for not being more diligent in looking up things like the car rental 
and just being tender with myself and saying, so it's just money. And we found ways to be a little more conscientious of the restaurants that we ate at that weren't going to be as expensive. Of course, the first one we sat at at the beach was one of the most expensive ones. How did we know? But I allowed myself over those two weeks to be gentle and kind to myself for that expectation and to be mindful about the learning that can come from it so that I'm not in that place again, that the next time that I'm in this situation where I'm putting myself in something completely new, I remember to be more conscientious of what is versus what I want. And in the end, I was able to do a lot, a lot of reflection. There's a lot more to talk about and a lot of things that happened on the trip in my awareness of myself, my control issues, my people pleasing, having an alcoholic husband, being an alcoholic myself, being mindful and aware of the discomforts that I have, the way that I choose to see it. How am I interacting with these people on the trip? And how can I be my best me? So much to look at. And by the time that we were about halfway through, Rich and I both commented about how fascinating it is that it takes time to just unwind. We were both wound up pretty tight from everything in our lives and work and expectations and stress and everything that's been going on in our lives to settle into a new rhythm, a new flow. And I came home with so much gratitude for my home. Going to another country and seeing how people live reminded me that I completely take for granted the American life that I live, where there's a grocery store with every single thing that I could possibly need just down the road. There's actually two of them. There's a Home Depot 15 minutes from my house, a hospital 15 minutes from my house, banking that can be done in a minute. There's so much that you just think is normal. And the truth is, not everybody gets to experience that, even here in the United States. And a gratitude that even though we had to be really mindful financially of what we were spending and switch things up a little bit, make breakfast ourselves in our house with the fresh tortillas and eggs and make our own coffee and the things that we did that I could have allowed myself to be disappointed or irritated that I had this expectation that I wanted to eat out all the time. It made me appreciate that one meal a day that we would go find. And it made me really appreciate the life that I have here and how lucky we are that we can travel. It made me appreciate that with the pandemic and that's changed travel that we even had this opportunity at all to go and have this experience and the people there and how hard they work and that I looked up, you know, how much does the average person make in Mexico and the minimum wage in Mexico is a daily rate and it's something like 12 or $15 a day. And I thought, wow, you know, I thought it would be cheaper there. And, and it was cheaper than eating at home. If you were cautious about where you were, you probably paid 
$3 for a latte instead of six and seven to $10 a plate of food instead of 15 to 20 as it is now with inflation. But that was with being mindful and careful. And I don't drink. So luckily there wasn't the added cost of margaritas or beers. But that when you go and you see how hard people are working and the happiness that you see in a lot of their faces of just being present and laughing and listening to the music and working on that construction site, I thought, how good it is that there's this construction site right here that's probably going to take a couple of years to be completed that provides good income for people and that all the tourists there provide income for so many people. And I just switched my perception from this shock kind of of my expectation and looked at it differently, chose to look at it differently. There's a lot more to come that talks about the personality situations with my mom and with Rich and the awarenesses that came from all of that. We're constantly interacting with people and we have a choice about how we're going to see it. And we have a choice of whether we're going to take responsibility for our own peace of mind, for our own happiness, take responsibility of how we interact with the people that we're with, what we see, what we choose to see. And I'm grateful for this chance to dig deeper in and have more to talk to you about because it's been a really profound experience for me. I had a great time. It was lovely and amazing and warm and hot and hot, warm water and cold outdoor showers and just everything that happened. But I'm most grateful that I get to think about it internally for myself and grow and expand my heart and my healing and that I get to share it with you, that I get to share it with you. So thank you for listening. I hope you will listen to the next upcoming episodes with more of the journeys and the tales from the Mexico trip. I thank you for being a listener. I thank you for supporting Recover Your Soul. Thank you for following and subscribing to this podcast wherever you listen to it, sharing it with friends and family. I thank you for those of you who are going to the site and pressing the donate button to support the podcast. Those of you who are subscribers and get the bonus episode on Fridays. It continues to grow and I just continue to be just so honored and privileged to be invited into your lives that we're on this recovery journey together. Together we can do the work that will recover your soul. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how, here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change, and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. 
Recover Your Souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.